0: Welcome to another episode of Corona Cold Reads, My Entertainment World's Answer to Social Isolation. Every Tuesday and Saturday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern, we're getting together on YouTube Live to broadcast a cold reading of a Shakespeare play. Our actors run the gamut from um, non-professional actors to some of the biggest names in uh, North American classical theater. Um, But what we all have in common is just a really genuine love of Shakespeare, and in these uncertain really genuinely scary times um, what makes us feel better is getting together and listening to the text and exploring these stories together so hopefully these episodes will bring you comfort as well and you'll enjoy them as much as we enjoyed recording them Um, all of the videos are available on our youtube channel which you just search my entertainment world um, as well as on our website, myentertainmentworld.ca, where you can find the full cast lists, um, as well as lots of other articles and all of our other content that we have going up all the time. Um, also, you should follow us on social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's both MyEntWorld, MyEntWorld. Um, there you'll see, be able to see highlights from all of the recordings, um, as well as you can get the links to watch us live. Um, But we also have all sorts of content created just specifically for those platforms. In addition to, um, that's where you can find links to all of our website content as well, which is myentertainmentworld.ca. Um, the videos do stay up after the live recordings. You can watch them after the fact, or you can catch the audio version in the podcast feed, um, which is you just search my entertainment world in, uh, iTunes. And there you'll find all of our different podcast series where we have the favorite series, the Shakespeare series, the nominee interview series, uh, Corona cold reads Corona movie club, season one, episode one, and the my entertainment world podcast. Um, tons of different things happening. It's never, there's never been a better time to subscribe to our podcast. We have so much content happening right now. Um, But you're here for Corona Cold Reads for Shakespeare. Um, So these are cold reads for the most part. Uh, Our actors did not have more than a day, maybe two, if they're lucky, um, to look over the text if they wanted to. Most of them didn't have the chance to. So it is just them sitting down and reading it cold, um, so you'll, you'll be able to hear that. There will be some rocky moments and sometimes when we may have to pause and um, wonder why somebody's got their Zoom on mute or you know how things happen. Um, we're all adjusting to these new technologies to cope with what we're going through right now. So I hope you enjoy. So this read was one of our most requested scripts since the day we started doing Corona Cold Reads. Um, it Technically, the this play was selected by Ann Van Leeuwen for her, uh, because Steve Vargo got to pick what they read on their They Share a Birthday, and he got to pick Comedy of Errors for what they would read on their actual birthday. So the next read we did after their birthday, Anne got to choose um, both the play and her role. So she wanted to do Midsummer Night's Dream, and she wanted to play Puck. Uh, So you'll hear that on this recording. Um, This one, like I, so many people requested to be in this one. Um, And uh, everyone has a dream role in this one. And what's kind of cool about Summer Night's Dream is it's such a massive ensemble piece that unlike some things, you know, when when everybody wants, if everybody wants to be in, um, I don't know, Taming of the Shrew, it's because they all want to play Kate, Um, but with Uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, you get all these people requesting, oh, I'd love to do Midsummer Night's Dream. But when they say, oh, it's a dream role for me, some of them mean Helena, some of them mean Titania, some of them mean Bottom, some of them mean Puck. It's all over the place, um, which is a real delight because I love a big ensemble piece where there are lots of great roles to go around. As a result, we had a really awesome cast for this one. Um, Matt Yipchuk joined us, and he was our bottom. He was delightful. He had these ears made out of uh, paper towel rolls, and it was delightful. Um, I cast Michael Ross Albert as Peter Quince, which is the playwright character, because I have no imagination. Slash, I think I'm funny. Um, which is, so I, that was perfect casting, at least in my head. Um, our Titania is Laura Darby. Our Oberon is Mark Crater. Uh, and then, um, my, our friend Sarah Dunn from the BU Shakespeare Society joined us. A lot of the core group of these readings, um, are people who know each other from the Boston University Shakespeare Society, so, uh, but Sarah's someone who has not been able to join us yet. So it was really fun to have her. She was our Hermia. Um, Demetrius was Moke Molly and Helena was uh, Laura Hubbard. Um, so, all from that same group of old friends, which was really fun to see them work together, joined by Gabby Grice uh, as Lysander. Um, because I love a female Lysander, I think it really adds to the text. Um, yeah, it was just, a, it was a, it was a wonderful cast and obviously you'll, you'll hear Anne play Puck as well and she's always great. Um, I don't think I need to tell you what Mid- Midsummer Night's Dream is about. Come on, you know this. So I'm not going to tell you the plot synopsis. I'm just going to trust that you know and uh, send you off on your way into the play. Enjoy.
1: Now, fair our nuptial hour draws on apace. For happy days bring in another moon. But, oh, methinks how slow this old moon wanes. She lingers my desires like to a step-dame or a dowager, long withering out a young man revident.
2: Four days will quickly steep themselves in night. Four nights will quickly dream away the time. And then the moon, like to a silver bow, new bent in heaven, shall behold the night of our solemnities.
1: Go, Philostrate, stir up the Athenian youth to merriment's. Awake the pert and nimble spirit of mirth. Turn, melancholy, forth to funerals. The pale companion is not for our pomp.
0: Exit Philostrate.
1: Hippolyta, I wooed thee with my sword, and won thy love, doing thee injuries. But I will wed thee in another key, with pomp, with triumph, and with reveling.
0: Enter Gius, Hermia, Lysander, and Demetrius.
3: Happy be Theseus, our renowned duke. Oh, thanks, good Aegeus! What's the news with thee? Full of vexation come I with complaint against my child, my daughter Hermia. Stand forth, Demetrius. My noble lord, this man hath my consent to marry her. Stand forth, Lysander. And, my gracious duke, this man hath bewitched the bosom of my child. Thou! Thou, Lysander, thou hast given her rhymes and interchanged love tokens with my child. Thou hast by moonlight at her window sung with feigning voice verses of feigning love and stolen the impression of her fantasy with bracelets of thy hair, rings, gods, conceits, knacks, trifles, nosegays, sweetmeats, messengers of strong prevailment in unhardened youth with cunning, Hast thou filched my daughter's heart, turned her obedience, which is due to me, to stubborn harshness, and, my gracious duke, be it so she, will not hear before your grace consent to marry Demetrius. I beg, the ancient privilege of Athens, as she is mine, I may dispose of her, which shall be either to this gentleman or to her death, according to our law immediately provided in that case."
1: What say you, Hermia? Be advised, fair maid. To you your father should be as a god, one that composed your beauties, yea, and one to whom you are but as a form and waxed, to by him imprinted and within his power to leave the figure or disfigure it. Demetrius is a worthy gentleman.
4: So is Lysander.
1: Uh, In himself he is, but in this kind, wanting your father's voice, the other must be held the worthier.
4: I would my father looked with mine eyes.
1: Rather, your eyes must with his judgment look.
4: I do entreat your grace to pardon me. I know not by what power I am made bold, nor how it may concern my modesty, in such a presence here to plead my thoughts. But I beseech your grace that I may know the worst that may befall me in this case, if I refuse to marry Demetrius
1: either to die the death or to abjure forever the society of men. Therefore, fair Hermia, question your desires. Know of your youth. Examine well your blood. Whether if you yield not to your father's choice, you can endure the livery of a nun. For I, to be in shady cloister mute, to live a barren sister all your life, chanting faint hymns to the cold fruitless moon, thrice blessed they that master sow their blood, to undergo such maiden pilgrimage, but earthlier haply is the rose distilled than that which, withering on the virgin thorn, grows, lives, and dies in single blessedness.
4: So will I grow, so live, so die, my lord, ere I will my virgin patent up until his lordship, whose unwished yoke my soul consents not to give my sovereignty.
1: Take time to pause, and by the next new moon, the sealing day betwixt my love and me, for everlasting bond of fellowship, Upon that day, either prepare to die for disobedience to your father's will, or else to wed Demetrius as he would, or on Diana's altar to protest for austerity and single life. Relent,
5: sweet Hermia and Lysander.
1: Yield thy crazed
5: title to my certain right.
6: You have her father's love, Demetrius. Let me have Hermia's. Do you marry him?
3: Scornful, Lysander! True, he hath my love, and what is mine, my love shall render him, and she is mine, and all my right of her I do estate unto Demetrius.
6: I am, my lord, as well-derived as he, as well-possessed. My love is more than his. My fortune's every way as as fairly ranked, if not with vantage, as Demetrius. (laughs) And, which is more than all these boasts can be, I am beloved of beauteous Hermia. Why should I not then prosecute my right? Demetrius, I'll avouch it to his head, made love to Nidar's daughter, Helena, and won her soul. And she, sweet lady, dotes, devoutly dotes, dotes in idolatry upon this spotted and inconstant man.
1: Ah, I must confess that I have heard so much, and with Demetrius thought to have spoke thereof, but being over full of self affairs, my mind did lose it. But Demetrius, come, and come, Aegeus, you shall go with me. I have some private schooling for you both. For you, fair Hermia, look, you arm yourself to fit your fancies to your father's will, or else the law of Athens yields you up, by which no means we may extenuate to death or to a vow of single life. Come, my Hippolyta, what cheer, my love? Demetrius and Aegeus, go along. I must employ you in some business against our nuptial and confer with you of something nearly that concerns yourselves.
3: With duty and desire we follow you.
0: Exent all but Lysander and Hermia. How oh now, my love, why is your cheek so pale?
4: How chance the roses there do fade so fast? Be like for want of rain, which I could well beteem them from the tempest of my eyes. Ay, Me!
6: For aught that I could ever read, could ever hear by tale or history, the course of true love never did run smooth. But either it was different in blood. Or
4: cross, too high to be enthralled too low. Or else misgraft in respect of years. Or spite, too old to be engaged too young. Or else it stood upon the choice of friends. Oh hell, to choose love by another's eyes. Or, if there
6: were a sympathy in choice, war, death, or sickness did lay siege to it, making it momentary as a sound, swift as a shadow, short as any dream, brief as the lightning in the callied night, that in a spleen unfolds both heaven and earth, and ere a man hath power to say, Behold, the jaws of darkness do devour it up, so quick bright things come to confusion.
4: If then true lovers have been ever crossed, it stands as an edict and destiny. Then let us teach our trial patience, because it is a customary cross. As due to love as thoughts and dreams and sighs, wishes and tears, poor fancy's followers, a good persuasion.
6: A, a good persuasion. Right. Therefore, hear, therefore hear me, Hermia. I have a widow aunt, a dowager of great revenue, and she hath no child. From Athens is her house remote seven leagues, and she respects me as her only son. There, gentle Hermia, may I marry thee, and to that place the sharp Athenian law cannot pursue us. If thou lovest me, then steal forth thy father's house tomorrow night, and in the wood, a league without the town, where I did meet thee once with Helena, to do observance to a morn of May, there will I stay for thee.
4: My good Lysander, I swear to thee, by Cupid's strongest foe, by his best arrow with the golden head, by the simplicity of Venus's doves, by that which knitteth souls and prospers loves, and by that fire which burned the Carthage queen when the false Trojan under sail was seen, by all the vows that ever men have broke, in number more than ever woman spoke, and in the same place thou hast appointed me tomorrow truly, will I meet with thee. He promised love. Look, here comes Helena. And her Helena. Godspeed, fair Helena, with her away. Call you me fair? That fair again unsay. Demetrius loves your fair, oh happy fair. Your eyes are lodestars, and your tongue's sweet air more tunable than lark to a shepherd's ear when wheat is green, when hawthorn buds appear. Sickness is catching, oh, her favor so. Yours would I catch, fair Helena, for Hermia, ere I go. My ear should catch your voice, my eye your eye. My tongue should catch your tongue's sweet melody, were the world mine. Demetrius being baited, the wrist I'd give to you to be translated. Oh, teach me how you look, and with what art you sway the motion of Demetrius's heart. I frown upon him, yet he loves me still. Oh, that your frowns would teach my smiles such skill. I give him curses, yet he gives me love. Oh, that my prayers could such affection move. The more I hate, the more he follows me. The more I love, the more he hateth me. His folly, Helena, is no fault of mine. Oh, none, but your beauty, that fault were mine. Take comfort, he no more shall have... He no more shall see my face. Lysander and myself will fly this place. Before the time I did Lysander see, seemed Athens as a paradise to me. Oh then, what graces in my love do you dwell that hath turned a heaven unto a hell?
6: Helen, to you our minds we will unfold. Tomorrow night, when Phoebe doth behold her silver visage in the watery glass, decking with liquid pearl the bladed grass, a time that lovers' flights doth still conceal, through Athens' gates have we devised to
7: steal.
4: And in the wood, where often you and I upon faint primrose beds were wont to lie, emptying our bosoms of their counsel, sweet there, my Lysander and myself shall meet. And thence from Athens turn away our eyes to seek new friends and stranger companies. Farewell, sweet playfellow, pray thou for us. And good luck grant thee thy Demetrius. Keep word, Lysander. We must starve our sight from lover's food till tomorrow, deep midnight.
6: I will, my Hermia. Exit Hermia. Helena, Idea. as you on him, Demetrius dote on you.
2: Exit.
4: How oh, happy some or other can be. Through Athens I am thought as fair as she. But what of that? Demetrius thinks not so. He will not know what all oh, but he do know and as he errs doting on hermia's eyes so i admiring of his qualities things base and vile holding no quantity love can transpose to form and dignity love looks not with the eyes but with the mind and therefore is winged cupid painted blind nor hath love's mind of any judgment taste, wings and no eyes figure unheeded haste. And therefore is love said to be a child, because in choice he is so oft beguiled. As waggish boys in game themselves forswear, so the boy love is perjured everywhere. Before Ere Demetrius looked on Hermia's eye, he hailed down oaths that he was only mine, and when this hail some heat from Hermia felt, so he dissolved, and showers of
8: oaths did melt. I
4: will go tell him of fair Hermia's flight, then to the wood will he tomorrow night pursue her, and for this intelligence, if I have thanks, it is dear expense. But herein mean I, too, enrich my pain, to have his sight hither and back again.
0: Exit. Scene two, Athens, Quince's house. Enter Quince, Snug, Bottom, Flute, Snout, and Starfling.
9: It's all our company here.
10: Uh, you were best to call them generally,
9: man by man, according to the script. Here is the scroll of every man's name, which is thought fit through all Athens to play in our interlude before the Duke and the Duchess on his wedding day at night. First,
10: good Peter Quince, say what the play treats on. Then read the names of the actors and so
9: grow to a point. Mary, our play is the most lamentable comedy and most cruel death of Pyramus and Thisbe. Oh.
10: A very good piece of work, I assure you, and a Mary. Now, good Peter Quince, call forth your actors by the scroll. Masters, spread yourselves. Uh, answer as
9: I call you. Nick Bottom, the weaver. Ready! Name, name what part I am for and proceed. You, Nick Bottom, are set down for Pyramus.
10: What is Pyramus?
9: Uh, a lover or a tyrant? A lover that kills himself most gallant for love.
10: That will ask some tears in the true performing of it. If I do it, let the audience look to their eyes. I will move storms. I will condole in some measure to the rest. Yet my chief humor is for a tyrant. I could play air please, rarely or a part to tear a cat in to make all split. <clears throat> the raging rocks and shivering shocks shall break the locks of prison gates and Phibis's shall shine from far and make and mar the foolish fate. <sighs> this was lofty. Now, name the rest of the players. This is Eric Vane, a
9: tyrant's vein. a lover is more condoling. Francis Flute, the bellows, Menzer.
4: Here, Peter Quince.
9: Flute, you must take Thisbe
4: on you. What is Thisbe? A wandering knight?
9: It is the lady that Pyramus must love.
4: May Faith, let me not play a woman. I have a beard coming.
9: That's all, one. You shall play it in a mask, and you may speak as small as you will.
10: Oh, and I may hide my face. Let me play Thisbe, too. I'll speak in a monstrous little voice. Thisbe! Thisbe! a oh, Pyramus, lover dear! thy Thisbe dear and lady dear!
9: No, no, you must play Pyramus and flute, you, Thisbe. Well, proceed. Robin Starveling, the tailor. Here, Peter Quince. Robin Starveling, you must play Thisbe's mother. Uh, Tom Snout, the tinker. Here, Peter Quince. You, Pyramus's father. Myself, Thisbe's father. Uh, Snug, the joiner. You, the lion's part. And I hope here is a play fitted.
11: Have you the lion's part written? Pray you, if it be, given me, for I am slow of study.
9: You may do it extempore, for it is nothing but roaring. Uh, let me play the
10: lion, too. I will roar, that I will do any man's heart good to hear me. I will roar, that I will make the duke say, let him roar again, let him roar again.
9: And you should do it too terribly. You would fright the duchess and the ladies that they would shriek and that were enough to hang us all.
8: That
9: would, that would hang us. Every mother's son. I, I grant you
10: friends, if that you should fright the ladies out of their wits, they would have no more discretion but to hang us. But I will aggravate my voice so that I will roar as gently as any sucking dove, I will roar you, twere any nightingale.
9: You can play no part but Pyramus, for Pyramus is a sweet faced man, a proper man, as one shall see in a summer's day, a most lovely gentleman like man. Therefore, you must needs play Pyramus.
10: Well, I will undertake it. What beard were I best to play it in?
9: Why, what you will.
10: I will discharge it in either your straw colored beard, your orange tawny beard, your purple and grain beard, or your French crown color beard, your perfect yellow.
9: Some of your French crowns have no hair at all. And then you will be, then you will play bareface. But masters, here are your parts and I am to entreat you, request you and desire you to con them by tomorrow night, and meet me in the palace wood, a mile without the town, by moonlight. There will we rehearse, for if we meet in the city, we shall be jogged with company, and our devices known. In the meantime, I will draw a bill of properties, such as our play wants. I pray you, fail me not.
10: Oh, we will meet, and there we may rehearse most obscenely, and courageously take pains. Be perfect. Adieu. At the Duke's Oak, we meet. Enough. Hold or cut bowstrings.
0: exent Act Two, Scene One. A wood near Athens. Enter from opposite sides a fairy
2: and Puck.
4: How now, spirit?
2: Whither wander you? Sorry, over hill, over dale, through bush, through, through briar, over park, over pale, through flood, through fire.
11: I do wander everywhere, swifter than the moon's sphere, and serve the fairy, and I serve the fairy queen to do her orbs upon the green. The cowslips, tall, her
7: pensioners be, in their gold coat spots, you see. Those be rubies, fairy favors. In those freckles live their savors. I must go seek some dewdrops here and hang a pearl in every cowslip's ear. Farewell, thou lob of spirits. I'll be gone. Our queen and all our elves come here and
4: on. The king doth keep his raffles here tonight. Take heed the queen come not within his sight, for Oberon is passing fell and wrath because that she as her attendant hath a lovely boy stolen from an indian king she never had so sweet a changeling and jealous oberon would have the child knight of his train to trace the forest's wild but she performs with all the lovely boy crowns him with flowers and makes him all joy. And now they never meet, in
11: grove or green, by fountain clear, or spangled starlight sheen, but they do swear
7: that all their ills, for fear, creep
8: into acorn cups and hide them out.
4: Either I mistake your shape and making quite, or else you are that shrewd and knavish sprite called Robin Goodfellow, are not you he that frights the maidens of all the village of the villagery, skim milk and sometimes labor in the in the kern, and bootless make the breathless housewife churn, and sometime make the drink to bear no, no barm, mislead night wanderers laughing at their
12: harm. Those that hobgoblin call you and sweet puck, you do their work, and they shall have good luck. Are you not he?
4: Thou speakest aright, I am that merry wanderer of the night. I jest to Oberon and make him smile when I fat and bean-fed horse-beguile, nay, in likeness of a filly-full, and sometimes lurk I in a gossip's bowl,
7: and very likeness of a roasted crab, and when she drinks, against her lips I bob, and on her withered dewlap pour the ale. (laughs)
4: the wisest aunt, telling the saddest tale, sometimes for three-foot stool mistaken thing, then slip I from her bum, down topples she, and Taylor cries and falls into a cough. And then
7: the whole choir hold their hips and laugh and waxen in their mirth and knees and swear, a merrier hour was never wasted there. But here comes over on. here
6: my mistress, were that he were gone.
0: Enter from one side Oberon with his train, from the other Titania with hers.
13: Ill met by moonlight, proud Titania.
12: What jealous Oberon! Fairy skip hence. I have forsworn his bed and company.
13: Terry rash wanton! Am not I thy lord?
12: then I must be thy lady. But I know when thou hast stolen away from fairyland and in the shape of corn sat all day, playing on pipes of corn and versing love to amorous Philida, where art thou, why art thou here? Come from the farthest steppe of India? But that, forsooth the bouncing Amazon, your buskined mistress and your warrior love, to Theseus must be wedded, and you come to give their bed joy and prosperity."
13: How canst thou thus, for shame Titania, glance at my credit with Hippolyta, knowing I know thy love to Theseus? Didst thou not lead him through the glimmering night from Virginia, whom he ravished, and make him with fair Aegeal break his faith with, Ari- with Ariadne and Antiopa?
12: These are the forgeries of jealousy, and never since the middle summer spring met we on hill, in dale, forest, or mead, by paved fountain, or by rushy brook, or in the beached margin of the sea, to dance our ringlets to the whistling wind, but with thy brawls thou hast disturbed our sport. Therefore the winds piping us in vain, as in revenge, have sucked up from the sea contagious fogs, which falling in the land have every pelting river made so proud that they have overborne their continents. The ox hath therefore stretched his yoke in vain, the plowman lost his sweat, and the green corn hath rotted ere his youth attained a beard." The fold stands empty in the drowned field and the cr- the crows are fatted with the Murrayan flock. The nine men's Morris is filled up with mud and the quaint mazes in the wanton green for lack of tread are undistinguishable. No human mortals want their winter here. No night is now with him or Carol blessed. Therefore the moon, the governess of floods pale in her anger washes all the air that Rheumatic diseases do abound, and thorough this distemperate we see, the seasons alter, hoary-headed frosts far in the fresh lap of the crimson rose, and on old hyams, thin and icy crown, an odorous chapel of sweet summer buds, is, as in mockery set the spring, the summer, the childling autumn, angry winter, change their wanton liveries in the mazed world. By their increase now knows not which which is which and this same progeny of evils comes from our debate from our dissension we are their parents and original
13: do you amend it then lies and you why should titania cross her oberon i do but beg a little changeling boy to be my henchman set your heart at
12: rest The fairy land buys not the child of me. His mother was a votaress of my order, and in the spiced Indian air by night full often hath she gossiped by my side, and sat with me on Neptune's yellow sands, marking the embarked traders on the flood, when we have laughed to see the sails conceive, and grow big bellied with the wanton wind, which she, with pretty and with swimming gait following, her womb, then rich with my young squire, would imitate and sail upon the land to fetch me trifles and return again as from a voyage rich with merchandise but she being mortal of that boy did die and for her sake i do rear up her boy and for her sake i will not part with him
13: how long within this wood intend you stay
12: Perchance, till after Thesis' wedding day, if you will patiently dance in our round and see our moonlight revels, go with us. If not, shun me, and I will spare your haunts.
13: Give me that boy, and I will go with thee.
12: Not for thy fairy kingdom. fairies away. We shall chide downright if I stay longer.
0: Is it Titania with her train?
13: Well, go thy way. Thou shalt not from this grove till I torment thee for this injury. My gentle puck, come hither. Thou rememberest, since once I sat upon a promontory and heard a mermaid on a dolphin's back uttering such dulcet and harmonious breath that the rude sea grew civil at her song, and certain stars shot madly from their spheres to hear the sea-maid's music. I remember. That very time I saw, but thou couldst not, flying between the cold moon and the earth, Cupid all armed, A certain aim he took at a fair vestal thrown by the west and loosed his love shaft smartly from his bow, as it should pierce a hundred thousand hearts. But I might see young Cupid's fiery shaft quenched in the chaste beams of the watery moon and the imperial volaris passed on in a maiden meditation, fancy-free, yet marked I where the bolt of Cupid fell. It fell upon a little western flower. Before milk white, now purple with love's wound, and maidens call it love in idleness. Fetch me that flower, the herb I showed thee once. The juice of it, on a sleeping eyelids laid, will make ma- or man or woman madly dote upon the next live-, live creature that it sees. Fetch me this herb, and now be here again, and be thou here again ere the lepithan can swim a league. I'll put a girdle
4: round the earth and about. Forty minutes. Exit.
13: Having once this juice, I'll watch Titania when she is asleep and drop the liquor of it in her eyes. The next thing then she then she waking looks upon, be it on lion, bear, or wolf, wolf or bull, on meddling monkey, or on busy ape, she shall pursue it with the soul of love. And ere I take this charm from off her sight, as I can take it with another herb, I'll make her render up her page to me. But who comes here? I am invisible, and I will overhear their conference.
0: Enter Demetrius Helena following him.
13: (laughs) I love thee not.
5: Therefore, pursue me not. Where is Lysander and fair Hermia? The one I'll slay, the other slayeth me. (laughs) Thou toldst me they were stolen onto this wood, and here am I. And woad within this wood, because I cannot meet my Hermia. Hence get thee gone, and follow me no more.
4: You draw me, you hard-hearted adamant. But yet you draw not iron, for my heart is true as steel. Leave you your power to draw, and I shall have no power to follow you. Uh,
5: Do I entice you? Do I speak you fair? Or rather, do I, in plainest truth, tell you, I do not, nor I cannot love you.
4: <laughs> and even for that, do I love you the more. I am your spaniel, and Demetrius, more you beat me, I will fawn on you. Excuse me, but as your spaniel, spurn me, strike me, neglect me, lose me, only... Give me leave, unworthy as I am, to follow you. What worser place can I peg in your love, and yet a place of high respect with me, than to be used as you use your dog?
5: It's <laughs> not too much the hatred of my spirit, for I am sick when I do look on thee.
4: And I am sick when I look not on you. <laughs>
5: <laughs> you do impeach your modesty too much to leave the city and commit yourself into the hands of one that loves you not to trust the opportunity of night and the ill counsel of a desert place with the rich worth of your virginity.
4: Your virtue is my privilege, for that it is not night when I do see your face. Therefore, I think I am not in the night, nor doth this wood lack words of company, for you and my respect are all the world. Then how can it be said I am alone when all the world is here to look on me?
5: I'll run from thee, and hide me in the brakes, and leave thee to the mercy of wild beasts.
4: wildest hath not such a heart as you. Run when you will. The story shall be changed. Apollo flies, and Daphne holds the chase. The dove pursues the griffin. The mild hind makes speed to catch the tiger. Bootless speed when cowardice pursues and valor flies.
5: He will not stay thy questions, let me go. Or if thou follow me, do not believe, but I shall do thee mischief in the wood.
4: Aye! In the temple, the town, the field, you do me mischief. Why, Demetrius, your bones to set a scandal on my sex. We cannot fight for love as men may do. We should be wooed, and we're not made to woo. Exit, Demetrius. I'll follow thee, make a heaven of hell, to die upon the hand I loved so well. Exit.
13: Fare thee well, nymph. Ere he do leave this grove, thou shalt fly him, and he shall seek thy love. Re-enter Puck. Hast thou the flower there?
2: Aye. There it
8: is.
13: I pray thee, give it me. I know a bank where the wild thyme blows where ox-lips and nodding violet grows, quiet over-canopied with luscious woodbine, with sweet musk roses, and with elegant el- there sleeps Tanya sometime of the night, lulled in these flowers with dances and delight, and there the snake throws her enameled skin, weed-wide enough to wrap a fairy in, and with the juice of this I'll streak her eyes and make her full of hateful fantasies, Take thou some of it, and seek thou through this grove a sweet Athenian lady is in love, with a disdainful youth. Anoint his eyes, but do it when the next thing he espies may be the lady. Thou shalt know the man by the Athenian garments he hath on. Affect it with some care, that he may prove more fond on her than she upon her love. And look thou meet me, ere the first cock crow.
8: Fear not, my lord, your servant shall do so.
0: Exit scene two, another part of the wood Enter Titania with her train.
12: Um, now with a roundel and a fairy song, then for the third part of a minute, hence, to kill cankers and the musk rose buds, some war with rare mice for their lantern, for their leathern wigs, to make my small elves coats and keep some back, the clamorous owl that nightly hoots and wonders at our quaint spirits, sing me now asleep, then to your offices and let me rest." You spotted snakes with double
7: tongue, thorny hedgehogs be not seen. Mutes and worms do no wrong, come not near our fairy queen. Fill O'Mell with melody, sing in our sweet lullaby. Lula, lula, lullaby. Lula, lula, lullaby. Never harm, nor spell, nor charm. Come, my lovely lady, I So good night with
2: lullaby. Weaving spiders, come not here. Hence, you long-legged spinners, hence. Beetles black, approach not near. Warm nor snail, do no offense. <laughs> Fill a mel with melody, sing in our sweet lullaby. La 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 lullaby, la 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 lullaby.
11: Never harm, nor spell, nor charm, calm our lovely lady nigh. So, good night with
8: lullaby. Hands away now all
2: is well one aloof stand sentinel
0: Exent fairies Titania sleeps enter Oberon and squeezes the flower on
2: Titania's eyelids
13: What thou seest when thou dost wake, do it for thy true love take. Love and languish for his sake, be it once, be it ounce or cat or bear, hard or boar with bristled hair. In thy eye, thou, that shall appear when thou wakest. It is thy dear. Wake when some vile thing is near.
8: Exit.
0: Enter Lysander and Hermia.
6: Fair love, you faint with wandering in the wood, and to speak troth I have forgot our way. We'll rest us, Hermia, if you think it good, and tarry for the comfort of the day. Be it so, Lysander. find you out of bed for I upon this bank will rest my head. One turf shall serve as pillow for us both, one heart, one bed, two
4: bosoms, and one troth. Nay, good life, Sander. For my sake, my dear, lie further off yet. Do not lie so near.
6: Oh, take the sense, sweet, of my innocence. Love takes the meaning in love's conference. I mean that my heart unto yours is knit, so that but one heart we can make of it. Two bosoms interchained with an oath, so then two bosoms and one single troth. Then by your side, no bedroom me deny,
4: for lying so, Hermia, I do not lie. Lysander riddles very prettily, now much beshrew my manners and my pride, if Hermia meant to say Lysander lied, but gentle friend, for love and courtesy lie further off in human modesty. such separation as may well be said becomes a virtuous bachelor and a maid. So far be distant, and good night, sweet friend. Thy love ne'er alter till thy life <laughs> till thy sweet life
6: end amen amen to that fair prayer say i and then end life when i end loyalty here is my bed sleep
4: give thee all his rest with with half that wish the wishers eyes be pressed
0: they sleep enter puck
4: through the forest have i gone but athenian found i none on whose eyes i might approve this flower's force and stirring love
7: And silence
4: <gasps> Who is here? Weeds of Athens he doth wear. This is he, my master's head, despised the Athenian maid, and hear the maiden sleeping sound on the dank and dirty ground
7: Pretty soul,
4: she durst not lie near this lack of love, this kill courtesy. Churl, upon thine eyes I throw all the power this charm doth owe. When thou wakest, let love forbid sleep his seat on thy eyelid. So awake when I am gone, or I must have to Oberon.
0: Exit. Enter Demetrius and Helena running.
4: Hey, thou, thou, kill me, sweet Demetrius. I charge thee hence,
5: and do not haunt me thus.
4: How oh, wilt thou, darkling, leave me? Do not so.
5: Stay on thy peril. I alone will go.
4: Exit. <laughs> oh, I am out of breath in this fond chase. The more my prayer, the lesser is my grace. Happy is Hermia. where she lies, for she hath blessed and attractive eyes. Keep her eyes so bright not with salt tears and so my eyes were oftener washed than hers no no i'm as ugly as a bear for beasts that meet me run away for fear therefore no marvel though demetrius who is a monster fly from my presence thus I'm a dissembling glass of mine may me, me compare with Hermia's fairy eye. But who's here? My sander? On the ground. Dead? Or asleep. I see no blood. No wound. My sander. If you live, good sir, awake. And run through
6: fire, I will, for thy sweet sake. Transparent Helena, nature shows art That through thy bosom makes me see thy heart. Where is Demetrius? How fit a word is that vile name To perish on my sword.
4: Do not say so, Lysander, say not so. What, though he love your Hermia? Lord, what, though? Yet Hermia still loves you, then be content. Content with Hermia? No.
6: I do repent the tedious minutes I with her have spent. Not Hermia, but Helena I love. Who will not change a raven for a dove? The will of man is by his reason swayed, and reason says you are the worthier maid things growing are not ripe until their season, so I, being young, till now ripe not to reason, and touching now the point of human skill, reason becomes the marshal to my will and leads me to your eyes where I o'erlook, love's stories written in love's richest book.
4: Wherefore was I to this keen mockery born. When at your hands did I deserve this scorn? Is it not enough? Is it not enough, young man, that I did never, no, nor never can, deserve a sweet look from Demetrius's eye? But you must flout my insufficiency. Good froth, you do me wrong. Good sooth, you do. In such a disdainful manner, me to woo. But fare you well. Of course, I must confess. I thought you, lord of more true gentleness, oh That a lady of one man refused should be of another abused. Exit.
6: She sees not Hermia. Hermia, sleep thou there, and never mayest thou come Lysander near. For as a surfeit of the sweetest things the deepest loathing to the stomach brings, or as the heresies that men do leave are hated most of those they did deceive, so thou, my surfeit and my heresy, of all be hated but the most of me. And all my powers address your love and might to honor Helen and to be her knight.
0: Exit.
4: Help me, Lysander, help me. Do thy best to pluck this crawling serpent from my breast. Ay, for pity, what a dream was here. Lysander, look how I do quake with fear. You thought a serpent eat my heart away, and you sat smiling at his cruel prey. Lysander? What, removed? Lysander? Lord? What, out of hearing? Gone? No sound? No word? Alack, where are you, speak? And if you and if you hear, speak, of all loves, I swoon almost within fear. No? Then I will perceive you, all not nigh. Either death or you, I'll find immediately.
0: Exit. Act three, scene one, the wood, Titania lying asleep. Enter Quince, snug, bottom flute, snout, and starveling.
9: Are we all met? Uh, Pat, Pat, and here's a marvelous, convenient place for our rehearsal. This green plot shall be our stage. This hawthorn break, our tiring house, and we will do it in action as we will do it before the Duke. Uh, Peter Quince? Uh, What sayest thou, bully bottom?
10: There are things in this comedy of Pyramus and Thisbe that will never please. Up first, Pyramus must draw a sword to kill himself, which the ladies cannot abide. How answer you that?
4: By our lake in a parlous fear. I believe we must leave the killing out when all is done. Oh,
10: not a whit. I have a device to make all well. Write me a prologue, and let the prologue seem to say we will do no harm with our swords, and that Pyramus is not killed indeed, and, for the more better assurance, tell them that I, Pyramus, am not Pyramus, but Bottom the Weaver. This will put them out of fear.
9: Well, we have such a prologue, and it shall be written in 8 and 6.
10: No, make it two more. Let it be written in 8 and 8.
4: Will not the ladies be afeard of the lion? I fear it, I promise you.
10: Masters. You ought to consider with yourselves to bring in, God shield us. A lion among ladies is a most dreadful thing, for there is not a more fearful wild fowl than your lion living, and we ought to look to it. Therefore another prologue must tell he is not the lion. Nay, you must name his name, and half his face must be seen through the lion's neck, and he himself must speak through, saying thus, or to the same defect, Ladies, or fair ladies, I would wish you, or I would request you, or I would entreat you not to fear, not to tremble my life for yours. If you think I come hither as a lion, it were pity of my life. No, I am no such thing. I am a man as other men are. And then indeed let him name his name, and tell them plainly he is snug the joiner.
9: Uh, well, it shall be so, but there is two hard things, uh, that is, uh, to bring the moonlight into a chamber, for, you know, Pyramus and Thisbe meet by moonlight.
11: Did the moon shine that night we play our play?
10: A calendar, a calendar, look in the almanac, find out moonshine, find out moonshine.
9: Um, yes, it doth shine that night. (sighs)
10: Why, then, you may leave a casement of the great chamber window where we play open and the moon may shine in at
9: the casement. Aye, or else one must come in with a bush of thorns and a lanthorn and uh, say he come to disfigure or to present the person of moonshine. Then there is another thing. Uh, We must have a wall. In the great chamber, for Pyramus and Thisbe, says the story, did talk
13: through the chink of a wall. Mm. You can never bring in a wall. What say you, bottom?
10: Some man or other must present wall, and let him have some plaster or some loam or some rough cast about him to signify wall and let him hold his fingers thus, and through that cranny shall Pyramus and Thisbe whisper.
9: If that may be, then all is well. Come, sit down, every mother's son, and rehearse your parts. Pyramus, you begin. When you have spoken your speech, enter into that break, and so every one according to his cue.
0: Enter Puck behind.
7: What hempen homespun's have we swaggering here, so near the cradle
2: of my fairy queen?
7: What a play toward! I'll be an auditor, an actor too, perhaps if I see cause. Speak, Pyramus! Oh. Fisby, stand forth!
10: <clears throat> Fisby, the flowers of odious savor sweet. Odors. Odors, odors, savors, sweet. So hath thy breast, my dearest, this be dear. But hark a voice, stay thou but here a while, and by and by I will to thee appear. Exit
7: a stranger pyramid than air made here.
8: Exit. Must I speak
9: now? I, Mary, you must you, uh, for you must understand he goes but to see a noise that he heard, and is to come again.
4: Most radiant pyramus, most lily-white of hue of color, like the red rose on triumphant briar. Most brisky juvenile and eke most lovely jewel, as true as truest horse that yet would never tire, I'll meet thee, Pyramus, at Ninny's tomb. In this
9: tomb, man, why, you must not speak that yet. That you answer to Pyramus. You speak all your part at once, cues and all, Pyramus, enter. Your cue is passed. It is. Never tire.
4: Oh, as true as truest horse that yet would never tire.
10: If I were fair, Fisbee, I were only
9: thine. Oh, monstrous! Oh, strange! We are haunted! Pray, masters! Fly, masters! Help!
0: Hankson, Quint, Snug, Flutes, Note, and Starfling.
9: I'll follow you.
7: I'll
4: lead you about around through bog, through bush, through rake, through briar. Sometimes a horse I'll be, sometimes a hound, sometimes a hog. <laughs> Less bear, sometimes fire. neigh and bark and grunt and roar and burn like horse, hound, hog, bear, fire at every turn.
10: Why do they run away? This is a knavery of them to make me afeard. <laughs> Re-enter Snout.
11: Oh, Bottom, thou art changed. What do I see on thee?
10: What do you see?
0: You see an ass head of your own, do you? Exit snout, re enter quince.
11: Bless
9: thee, Bottom, bless thee, thou art translated. Exit.
10: I see their knavery. This is to make an ass of me, to frighten me if they could. But I will not stir from this place, do what they can. I will walk up and down here, and I will sing that they shall hear. I am not afraid. <clears throat> the awesome cock so black of hue with orange tawny bell. the throstle with his notes so
12: true, the red with little quill. What angel wakes me from my flowery bed? The finch, the sparrow,
10: and the lark, the plains on cuckoo gray, (laughs) whose noteful many manna doth mark, and dares not answer, nay. For indeed, who would set his wits so foolish a bird? Who would give a bird the lie, though he cry, cuckoo, never so?
12: I pray thee, gentle mortal, sing again. Mine ear is much enamored of thy note. So is mine eye enthralled to thy shape. And thy fair virtue's force perforce doth move me. On first view to say, I swear, I love thee.
10: <laughs> Methinks, mistress, you should have little reason for that. And yet to say the truth, reason, and love keep little company together nowadays. The more the pity that some honest neighbors will not make them friends. Nay, I can weep upon occasion.
12: Thou art as wise as thou art beautiful.
10: <laughs> not so neither. But if I had wit not to get out of this wood,
12: I have enough to serve my own turn. Out of this wood do not desire to go. Thou shalt remain here, whether thou wilt it or not. I am a spirit of no common rate, and the summer still doth tend upon my state, and I do love thee. Therefore go with me. I'll give thee fairies to attend on thee, and they shall fetch thee jewels from the deep, and sing while thou on pressing flowers dost sleep. And I will purge thy mortal grossness so that thou shalt like an airy spirit go. Peas blossom, cobweb, moth, and mustard seed.
0: Enter peas, balsam, cobweb moth, and mustard seed.
12: Ready. And I. And I. And I. Where shall we go? we go? Be kind and courteous to this gentleman. Hop in his walks and gamble in his eyes. Feed him with apricots and dewberries, with purple grapes, green figs, and mulberries. The honey bags steal from the humble bees, and for night trappers cop their waxen thighs and light them at the fiery glow worm's eyes to have my love to bed and to arise." and pluck the wings from painted butterflies, to fan the moonbeams from his sleeping eyes. Nod to him, elves, and do him curtsies.
7: Hail, mortal. Hail. Hail! Hail.
10: I cry your worship's mercy heartily. I beseech your worship's name. Capulet. I shall desire you of more acquaintance Good, Master Cobweb. Um, if I cut my finger, I shall make bold with you. <laughs> uh, your name, honest gentleman.
4: Peas Blossom. Oh,
10: I pray you commend me to Mistress Squash, your mother, and Master Peascod, your father. <laughs> Good, Master Peas Blossom. I shall desire of you more acquaintance, too. Uh, your name, I beseech you, sir.
4: Mustard Seed.
10: Good, Master Mustard Seed. I know your patience well. That some cowardly, giant-like ox-beef hath devoured many a gentleman of your house, I promise you, your kindred hath made my eyes water air now. I desire your more acquaintance, good master Mustardseed.
12: Come, wait upon him, lead him to my bower. The moon, methinks, looks with a watery eye, And when she weeps, weeps every little flower, Lamenting some enforced chastity. Tie up my love's tongue, bring him silently.
0: Exent. scene two another part of the wood enter Oberon
13: I wonder if Titania be awaked, then what it was that next came in her eye, which she must dote on in extremity Here comes my messenger How now, mad spirits what night nice rule now about this haunted grove? Enter Buck <laughs> My Mistress with a monster is in love!
4: <laughs> Near to her close and consecrated bower while she was in her dull and sleeping hour, a crew of, of, of patches, rude mechanicals that work for bread upon the Athenian stalls, were met together to rehearse a play intended for great Theseus' nuptial day. The shallowest, thick skin of that barren sort who Pyramus
7: presented in their sport forsook his scene and entered in a break. When I did him at disadvantage advantage take, an ass's knoll I fix it on his head. Anon his thisbe must be answered, and forth my mimic comes. When they him spy as
11: wild geese that the creeping fowler
4: eye or russet painted coughs, many in sort, rising and cawing at the gun's report, sever themselves and madly sweep the sky. So at his sight away his fellows fly, and at our stamp, here o'er and o'er one falls, he murder cries and help from Athens calls. <laughs> their sense thus weak, lost with their fears thus strong, made senseless things begin to do them wrong for briars and thors at their apparel snatch some sleeves, some hats, some yielders all some things catch. I led them on this distracted fear and left sweet piramis translated there when in that moment
11: so it came to pass to tan your weight and straightway loved it ass.
13: (laughs) This falls out better than I could devise, but... Hast thou yet latched the Athenian's eyes with the love-juice, as I did bid thee do?
2: I took him sleeping, that is finished
7: too, and the Athenian woman by his side, that when he waked, a force she must be eyed.
0: Enter Hermia and Demetrius.
13: Well, stand close. This is the same Athenian.
7: This the woman, but not this the man.
13: hold oh. Why
5: you, why rebuke you him that loves you so? Lay breath so bitter on your bitter foe.
4: Now I have a chide, but I should use thee worse. For thou, I fear, hast given me cause to curse. If thou hast slain Lysander in his sleep, being over shoes and blood, plunge in the deep and kill me too. The sun was not so true unto the day as he to me. Would he have stolen away from sleeping Hermia? I believe as soon as this whole earth may be bored and that the moon may through the center creep and so displease her brother's noontide with antipodes. It cannot be, but thou hast murdered him. So should a murderer look so dead, so grim. Uh,
5: So should the murdered look, and so should I, pierced through the heart with your stern cruelty. Yet you, the murderer, look as bright, as clear as yonder Venus in her glimmering sphere.
4: What's this to my Lysander? Where is he? Good Demetrius, wilt thou give him me?
5: I had rather give his carcass to my hounds.
4: Out, dog, out, cur! Thou drivest me past the bounds of maiden's patience. (laughs) Hast thou slain him, then? Henceforth be never numbered among men. Oh, once, tell me true, tell true, even for my sake. Durst thou have looked upon him being awake, and hast thou killed him sleeping? (coughs) O brave touch! Could not a worm, an adder, do so much? An adder did it. For with doubler tongue than thine, thou serpent, and never adder stung.
5: You spend your passion on a misprized mood. I am not guilty of Lysander's blood, nor is he dead for aught that I can tell.
4: I pray thee, tell me then that he is well.
5: And... If I could, what should I get there for?
4: (sighs) A privilege, never to see me more, and from thy hated presence part I so, see me no more, whether he be dead or no. Exit.
5: There is no following her in this fierce vein. Hence, oh, sorry, here therefore for a while I will remain. So sorrow's heaviness doth heavier grow, for debt that bankrupt sleep doth sorrow owe. Which now in some slight measure it will pay, if for his tender, here I make some stay.
0: Lies down and sleeps.
13: (laughs) What hast thou done? Thou hast mistaken quite, and laid the love juice on some true love's sight. Of thy misprison must perforce ensue some true love turned not a false turn true
4: then <sighs> fate o'er rules that one man holding troth one million fail, confounding
13: oath on oath, about the wood go swifter than the wind about, and Helena of Athens look thou find all. Fancy sick she is, and pale of cheer, With sighs of love that cost the fresh blood dear. By some illusion, see thou bring her here. All charm his eyes, against she do appear.
4: I go, I go, look how
8: I go. Swifter than arrow from the charger's bow.
13: Exit. Flower of this purple dye, Hit with Cupid's archery. Sink in apple of his eye, when his love he doth espy. Let her shine as gloriously as the Venus of the sky. When thou wakest, if she be by, beg of her for remedy.
4: <laughs> re of our fairy band. Helena is here at hand, and the youth mistook by me. Pleading for a lover's fee, shall we their fond pageant see? Will these mortals be?
13: Stand aside. The noise they make will cause Demetrius to wake.
4: Then will two at once woo we'll one. That must needs be sport alone. And those things do best please me that befall
7: preposterously.
0: Enter Lysander and Helena.
7: Why
6: should you think that I woo and scorn? Scorn and derision never come in tears. Look when I vow, I weep. And vows so born in their nativity all truth appear. How can these things in me seem scorned to you, bearing the badge of
4: faith to prove them true? You do advance your cunning more and more when truth kills truth. Oh, devilish holy fray, these vows are Hermia's. Will you give her ore? Weigh oath with oath, and you will nothing weigh your vows to her and me. Put in two scales will even weigh and both as light as tails. I had no judgment when to her I swore. Nor none in my mind when you give her oar. Demetrius loves her and he loves not you.
8: Oh. Oh, Helena, goddess,
5: nymph, perfect, divine, to what? My love, shall I compare thine eye? Crystal is muddy. Oh, how ripe in show thy lips those kissing cherries tempting grow. That pure, congealed, white, high, torus snow fanned with the eastern wind turns to a crow when thou hold'st up thy hand. Oh, let me kiss this princess of pure white, this seal of bliss.
4: Oh, spite. Oh, hell, I see you all are bent to sit against me for your merriment. If you were civil and new courtesy, you would not do me this much injury. Can you not hate me as I know you do, but you must join in souls to mock me too? If you were men as men you are in show, you would not use a gentle lady so to bow and swear and super praise my parts when i am sure you hate me with your hearts you both are rivals and love hermia now both rivals to mock helena a trim exploit a manly enterprise to conjure tears up in a poor maid's eyes with your division none of noble sort would so offend a virgin and extort a poor soul's patience All to make you sport.
6: You are unkind, Demetrius. Be not so, for you love Hermia. This you know I know. And here, with all goodwill, with all my heart, In Hermia's love I yield you up my part, And yours of Helena to me bequeath, Whom I do love and will do till
4: my death. Never did mockers waste more idle breath.
5: Lysander. Keep thy Hermia, I will none. If ever I loved her, all that love is gone. My heart to her, but as guest-wise sojourned, and now to Helen is at home returned, there to remain. Helen, it is not so. Disparage not the faith thou dost dost not know, lest to thy peril thou, thou abbey it dear. Look, where thy love comes, yonder is thy dear.
4: Dark night, from that from the eye, his function takes, the ear more quick of apprehension makes. When it doth impair the seeing sense, it pays the hearing double recompense. Thou art not by mine eye, Lysander found, mine ear, I thank it, brought with me thy sound. But why unkindly didst thou leave me so? Why should he stay whom love doth press to go? What love could press Lysander from
6: my side? Lysander's love, that would not let him bide. Fair Helena, who more engilds the night than all you fiery o's and eyes of light. Why seek'st thou me? Could not this make thee know the hate I bear thee made me leave thee so? You
4: speak not as you think. It cannot be. Lo, she is one of this confederacy? Now I perceive they have conjoined all three to fashion this false sport in spite of me. Injurious Hermia, most ungrateful maid, have you conspired, have you contrived to bait me with this foul derision? Is all the counsel that we two have shared the sisters' vows, the hours that we have spent, we have chid the hasty-footed time for parting us. Please, all forgot, all school days' friendship, childhood innocence. Me, Hermia, like two artificial gods, have, with our needles, created both one flower, both on one sampler, sitting on one cushion, both warbling of One song, in one key, as if our hands, our sides, voices, and minds have been incorporate. So we grow together, like to a double cherry seeming parted, but yet a union in partition. Two lovely berries molded on one stem, so with two seeming bodies, but one heart. Two... Of the first, like coats and heraldry, Do but to one and crowned with one crest. And will you rent our ancient love asunder? To join with men in scorning your poor friend? It is not friendly. It is not maidenly. Her sex as well as I may chide you for it, Though I alone do feel the injury. I am amazed at your passionate words. I scorn you not. It seems that you scorn me. you would not, said Lysander, as in scorn, to follow me and praise my eyes and face, and meet your other love, Demetrius, who even now did spurn me with his foot to call me goddess, nymph, divine and rare, precious, celestial? Wherefore speaks he this? To her he hates, and wherefore doth Lysander deny your love so rich within his soul, and tender me forsooth affection by by your setting on, by your consent. What, that I be not so in grace as you, so hung upon with love, so fortunate but miserable most, to love unloved, that you should pity rather than despise? I understand not what you mean by this. I do persevere. Counterfeit sad looks make mouths upon me when I turn my back. Wink each at other. Hold the sweet shape j- up. This sport, well-carried, shall be chronicled. If you have any pity, grace, or manners, you would not make me such an argument. But there you will. It is partly my own fault. which death or absence soon shall remedy
6: stay gentle helena hear my excuse my love my life
4: my soul fair helena oh excellent sweet do not scorn her so
6: if she cannot entreat i can compel thou canst compel no more than she entreat thy threats have no more strength than her weak prayers helen i love thee by my life, I do. I swear by that which I will lose for thee to prove him false that says I love thee not. I say
5: I love thee more than he can do.
6: If thou say so,
4: withdraw and prove it too. Quick, come. Lysander, where to attends all this? Away, you footlicker. No, no, he'll
5: seem to break loose. Take on as you would follow, but yet come not. You are a
6: tame man, go. Hang off, thou cat, thou burr, vile thing, let
4: loose, or I will shake thee from me like a serpent. Why are you grown so rude? What change is this, sweet love? Ah. Th- thy love. Out,
6: canker blossom, out, out, loathed medicine, hated poison, hence.
4: Do you not jest? Yes, sooth, and so do you.
6: Demetrius, I will keep my word with thee.
5: Oh, I would I had your bond. For I perceive a weak bond holds you. I'll not trust your word.
7: What? Should I hurt her? Strike her? Kill her dead? Although I hate her, I'll not harm her so.
4: What? Can you do me greater harm than hate? Hate me? Wherefore, O oh, me, what news my love? Am I not Hermia? Are you not Lysander? I am as fair now as I was erewhile since night you loved me yet since night you left me why then you left me o oh, the gods forbid in earnest shall i say
6: i by my life and never did desire to see thee more therefore be out of hope of question of doubt be certain nothing truer tis no jest that i do hate thee and love helena
4: me <laughs> you juggler you canker blossom, you thief of love, what, have you come by night and stolen my love's heart from him? Fine, in faith. Have you no modesty, no maiden shame, no touch of bashfulness? What, will you tear impatient answers from my gentle tongue? Five, Fie. you counterfeit, you puppet, you Puppet? "'Why so? Ay, that way goes the game. Now I perceive that she hath made compare between our statures. She hath urged her height, and with her personage, her tall personage, her height, forsooth, she hath prevailed with him. And are you grown so high in his esteem? Because I am so dwarfish and so low?' How low am I, thou painted maypole-speak, how low am I, I am not yet so low, but that my nails can reach unto thine eyes. Oh, I pray you, though you mock me, gentlemen, let her not hurt me. I was never cursed, I have no gift at all in truishness. I am a right maid for my cowardice, let her not strike me. Perhaps may think, because she is something lower than myself, that I can match her. Lower? Hark again? Oh, good, Hermia, do not be so bitter with me. I evermore did love you, Hermia. Did ever keep your counsels, never wronged you. Save that in love unto Demetrius, I told him of yourself into the wood, He followed you. For love, I followed him. He hath chid me hence and threatened me to strike me, spurn me, nay, to kill me too. And now, so you will let me quiet go to Athens, will I bear my folly back and follow you no further? Let me go, and you shall see how simple and how fond I am. Why <laughs> get you gone? Who is that hinders you? Foolish heart that I leave here behind. What, with Lysander? you Demetrius.
6: Be not afraid. She shall not harm thee, Helena. No, sir.
5: She shall not, though you take her part.
4: Oh, she's angry? She is keen and shrewd. She was a vixen when we went to school, and though she be but little, she is fierce. Little again? Nothing but low and little? Why will you suffer her to flout me thus? Let me come to her! Get you gone, you
6: dwarf, you minimus, of hindering not grass-made, you bead, you acorn.
5: You are too officious in her behalf that scorns your services. Let her alone. Speak not of Helena. Take not her part, for if thou dost intend, never so
6: little show of love to her, thou shalt abbey it. Now she holds me not. Now... Follow, if thou darest, to try whose right of thine or
0: mine is most in Helena.
5: Follow? Nay, I'll go with thee. Cheek by Joel.
4: Exempt Lysander and Demetrius. You, mistress, all this coil is long of you. Nay, go not back. I will not trust you. I no longer stay in your cursed company. Your hands than mine are quicker for a fray. My legs are longer, though, to run away. Exit. I am amazed and know not what to say.
13: Exit. This is thy negligence. Still thou mistakest, or else commits thy knaveries willfully.
4: Believe me, king of shadows, I mistook. Did you not tell me? I should know the man by the Athenian garments he had on, and so far blameless proves my enterprise that I have anointed an Athenian's eyes, and so far I am glad it so to sort, as this their jangling I assume a sport.
13: <laughs> Thou seest these lovers seek a place to fight. High, therefore, Robin, overcast the night. The starry well cover thou anon with drooping fog as black as Acheron, and lead these testy rivals so astray as one come not within another's way. Like Lysander, sometime frame thy tongue, then stir Demetrius up with bitter wrong, and sometime rail thou like Demetrius, and from each other look thou, lead them thus, till o'er their brows death counterfeiting sleep with leaden legs and batty wings doth creep. Then crush this herb in Lysander's eye, whose liquor hath this virtuous property, to take from thence all error with his might, and make his eyeballs roll with wanted sight. When they next wake, all this derision shall shall seem a dream and fruitless vision, and back to Athens shall the lovers wend with league whose date till death shall never end. Wells, I, in this affair, do thee employ all to my queen, and beg her Indian boy. And then I will her charmed eye release from monster's view, and all things shall be peace.
4: My fairy lord, this must be done with haste, for night's swift dragons cut the clouds full fast and yonder shines Aurora's harbinger, and whose approach ghosts wandering here and there troop home to churchyards, damned spirits all that in crossways and floods have burial. Already to their wormy beds are gone, for fear lest day should look their shames upon. They wilfully themselves exile from light and must for aye consort with
13: black-browed night. But we are spirits of another sort. I with morning's love have oft made sport, and like a forester the groves may tread, even till the eastern gate all fiery red, opening on Neptune with fair blessed beams turns into yellow gold his salt-green streams. But, notwithstanding, haste make no delay, we may affect this business yet ere day. Exit
4: up and down, up and down. I will lead them up and down. I am feared in field and town, goblin, lead them up and down. Here comes one.
8: Re-enter Lysander.
6: Where art thou, proud Demetrius? Speak thou now. Here, villain,
7: drawn and ready, where art thou? I will be with thee straight. Follow me, then, to plainer ground.
0: Lysander as following the voice. Re-enter Demetrius.
5: Lysander, speak again, thou runaway, thou coward, art thou fled? Speak in some bush, where dost thou hide thy head?
4: Thou coward, art thou bragging to the stars, Telling the bushes that thou lookest for wars, And wilt not come? Come, recreant, come, thou child, I'll whip thee with a rod. He is defiled that draws a sword on thee.
5: Yea, hey, art thou there?
4: Follow my voice, we'll try no manhood here.
6: Exent. re Lysander. He goes before me and still dares me on. When I come where he calls, then he is gone. The villain is much lighter heeled than I. I followed fast, but faster he did fly. That fallen, That fallen am I in dark, uneven way, and here will rest me. Come, thou gentle day, for if but once thou show me thy gray light, I'll find Demetrius and revenge this spite.
0: Sleeps, re-enter Puck and Demetrius.
4: Ho ho ho, coward, why comest thou not?
0: Mm, abide me if thou darest. For
5: well I what thou runnest before me, shifting every place, and darest not stand, nor look me in the face. Where art thou now?
8: Come hither, I am here.
5: Nay then, thou mockest me. <laughs> thou shalt buy this deer, if ever I thy face by daylight see. Now go thy way, faintness constraint, constraint with me to measure out my length on his cold bed. By day's approach, look to be
4: visited.
0: Lies down and sleeps. Re enter Helena.
4: Oh, weary night! Oh, long and tedious night! Abate thy hour, shine comforts from the east, and that I may make it back to Athens by daylight. These that my poor company detest. In sleep, that sometimes shuts up sours, I steal me a while from mine own company. Lies
8: down and sleeps. Get a three. Come one more.
4: Two of both kinds makes a four. Here she comes. Oh, cursed and sad. Shoot. A knavish lad, thus to make poor females mad.
0: Re enter Hermia.
4: Never so weary, never so in woe, bedabbled with the dew and torn with briars. I can go no further, crawl no further, go. My legs can keep no pace with my desires. Here will I rest me till the break of day. Heavens. Shield by Sander, if they mean a fray. Lies down and sleeps. On the ground, sleep sound. I'll apply to your eye, gentle lover, remedy. When thou wakest, thou takest true delight in the sight of thy former lady's eye and the country proper known that every man should take his own in your waking he be shown jackson shall have jill not shall go ill the man shall have his mare again and all shall be well
0: exit act four scene one the same uh enter Sorry, Lysander, Demetrius, Helena, and Hermia lying asleep, enter Titania and Bottom, peas blossom, cobweb, moth, mustard seed, and other fairies attending, Oberon behind unseen.
12: Um, sit thee down upon this flowery bed while mm. I thy amiable cheeks decoy, And stick musk roses in thy sleek, smooth head, and kiss thy fair large ears, my <laughs> gentle toy. Where's
10: Peas Blossom? Ready. (laughs) Scratch my head, Peas Blossom. Where's Monsieur Cobweb? Ready. Monsieur Cobweb. Good monsieur. Get you your weapons in your hand and kill me a red-hipped humble bee on top of a thistle. And good monsieur, bring me the honey bag. Do not fret yourself too much in the action, monsieur. And good monsieur. Have a care if the honey bag break. Not I would be loath to have you overflown with a honey bag, Signor. <laughs> uh, where's Monsieur Mustardseed? Ready. Give me your neath, Monsieur Mustardseed. Pray you leave your courtesy, good Monsieur. What's your will? Nothing, good Monsieur, but to help Calverly Cobweb to scratch. I must have a barber, monsieur, for methinks I am marvellous hairy about the face, and I am such a tender ass that if my hair do but tickle me, I must scratch. Uh,
12: What, wilt thou hear some music, my sweet love?
10: I have a reasonable good ear in music. Let's have the tongs and the bones.
12: Or say, sweet love, what thou desirest to eat.
10: Oh, truly a peck of provender. I could munch your good dry oats. Methinks I have a great desire to a bottle of hay. Good hay. Sweet hay hath no fellow.
12: I have a venturous fairy that shall seek the squirrel's hoard, and fetch thee new nuts.
10: Ah, I'd rather have a handful or two of dried peas, but I pray you let none of your people stir me. I, I have an expedition of sleep come upon me.
12: Sleep thou, and I will wind thee in my arms. Fairies be gone, and all and be always away. So doth the woodbine the sweet honeysuckle gently entwist the female ivy so in and, and rings the barky fingers of the elm. Oh, how I love thee, how I dote on thee.
0: And fairies they sleep under buck.
13: Welcome, good robin, Seest thou this sweet sight. Her dotage now I do begin to pity. For Meeting her of late behind the wood, seeking sweet favors from this hateful fool, I did upbraid her and fall out with her. For she, his airy temples, then had rounded with a coronet of fresh and fragrant flowers. And that same, day, sometime on the buds was wont to swell like round and orient pearls, stood now within the pretty flowerette's eyes like tears that did their own disgrace bewail. When I had at my pleasure taunted her, and she in mild terms begged my patience, I then asked of her her changing child, which straight she gave me, and her fairy sent to bear him to my bower in fairyland, and now I have the boy, I will undo this hateful imperfection of her eyes, and, gentle Puck, take this... Transform scalp from off the head of this Athenian swain that he awaking when the other do may all to Athens back again repair, and think no more of this night's accidents, but as the fierce vexation of a dream. But first I will release the fairy queen. Be as thou wast wont to be, see as thou wast wont to see. Diane's bud or Cupid's flower hath such force and blessed power Now, my Titania, Wake you, my sweet queen.
12: My Oberon, what visions have I seen? Me thought I was enamored of an ass.
13: There lies your love.
12: How came these things to pass? Oh, how mine eyes do loathe his his visage now.
13: Silence a while. Robin, take off this head. Titania. Music call, and strike more dead than common sleep of all these five descents.
11: Music,
12: ho! Music such as charmeth sleep.
13: Music still.
4: Now, when thou wakest, with thine own fool's eyes, beep!
13: Sound! Music! Come, my queen, take hands with me, and rock the ground whereupon these sleepers be. Now thou and I are new in amity, and will tomorrow midnight solemnly dance in Duke Theseus' house triumphantly, and bless it all blessed it to all fair prosperity. There shall the pairs of faithful lovers be, wedded with Theseus all in jollity. Fairy
4: king attend and mark, I turn to the morning lark.
13: Then, my queen, in silence sad, trip we after the night's shade. We, the globe, can can compass soon, swifter than the wandering moon.
12: Come, my lord, and in our flight, tell me how it came this night that I, sleeping here, was found with these mortals on the ground.
0: (coughs) Exent. Horns winded within. Enter Theseus, Hippolyta, Aegeus, and Train.
1: Go, one of you, find out the forester, for now our observation is performed, and since we have devoured of the day, my love shall hear the music of my hounds. Uncouple in the western valley, let them go. Dispatch, I say, and find the forester. We will, fair queen, up to the mountain's top, and mark the musical confusion of hounds and echo in conjunction.
2: I was with Hercules and Cadmus once, when in a wood of Crete they bade the bear with hounds of Sparta. Never did I hear such gallant chiding, for, besides the groves, the skies, the fountains, every region near, seemed all one mutual cry. I never heard so musical a discord, such sweet thunder.
1: My hounds are bred out of the Spartan kind so flued, so sanded, and their heads are hung with ears that sweep away the morning dew, crook-kneed and dew like Thessalian bulls, slow in pursuit, but matched in... Each under each, a cry more tunable was never hallowed to, nor cheered with horn. In Crete, in Sparta, nor in Thessaly, judge when you hear, but soft. What nymphs are
3: these? My lord, this is my daughter here asleep. This Lysander, this De- Demetrius is. This Helena, old Nadar's Helena, I, I-, I wonder of their being here together.
1: No doubt they rose up early to observe the rite of May, and hearing our intent, came here in grace, our s- solemnity. But speak, Aegeus, is not this the day that Hermia should give answer of her choice? It is, my lord. Go bid the huntsmen wake them with their horns.
0: Horns and shouts within. Lysander, Demetrius, Helena, and Hermia wake and start up.
1: Good morrow, friends. Saint Valentine is past. Begin these woods, wood birds, but to couple now.
6: Pardon, my lord.
1: I pray you all stand up. I know you two are rival enemies. How come this gentle concord in the world, that hatred is so far from jealousy, to sleep by hate and
6: fear no enmity? My lord, I shall reply amazedly, half sleep, half waking, but as yet I swear, I cannot truly say how I came here. But as I think, for truly would I speak, and now do I bethink me, so it is, I came with Hermia hither, our intent was to be gone from Athens, where we might, without the peril of the Athenian law.
3: Enough, enough, my lord, you have enough. I beg the law, the law, upon his head. They would have stolen away, they would, Demetrius, thereby, to have defeated you and me, you of your wife and me, of my consent, of my consent that she should be your wife.
5: My lord, fair Helen told me of their self. Of this, their purpose, hither to this wood. And I, in fury, hither followed them, fair Helena in fancy following me. But, my good Lord, I would not by what power, but by some power it is. My love to Hermia melted as the snow. Seems to me now as a remembrance of an idol god, which in my childhood I did dote upon. And all the faith, the virtue of my heart, the object and the pleasure of mine eye, is only Helena. To her, my lord, was I betrothed ere I saw Hermia. But like in sickness did I loathe this food. But as in health, come to my natural taste. Now I do wish it, love it, long for it, and will be evermore
1: true to it. Fair lovers, you are, un- you are fortunately met. Of this discourse, we more will hear anon. Aegeus, I will overbear your will. For in the temple by and by with us, these couples shall eternally be knit. And for the morning now is something worn. Our purposed hunting shall be set aside. Away with us to Athens, three and three. We'll hold a feast in great solemnity. Come, Hippolyta.
7: Exent
0: Theseus, Hippolyta, Aegeus, and Train.
5: <laughs> these things seem small and undistinguishable.
4: Methinks I see these things with parted eye when everything seems double. So, methinks, I have found Demetrius like a jewel, mine own and not mine own.
5: Are you sure that we are awake? It seems to me that yet we sleep, we dream. Do not you think the duke was here and bid us follow him?
4: Yea, and my father? Antipolita. And he did bid us follow
8: to
5: the temple. Hmm. why, then we are awake. Let's follow him. And by the way, let us recount our dreams.
0: Exent.
10: When my cue comes, call me, and I shall answer. My next is, most fair Pyramus.
8: Hey-ho. Peter Quince. Fluked the uh, bellows mender, snout the tinker, starveling. God's my life.
10: Stolen hence, and left me here asleep. I've had a most rare vision. I've had a dream. Pass the word of man to say what dream it was. <laughs> man is but an ass if he go about to expound this dream. Me thought I was. There's no man can tell what. Me thought I was. And me thought I had. Oh. But man is but a patched Fool, if he will offer to say what me thought I had. The eye of man hath not heard, the ear of man hath not seen, Man's head is not able to taste, nor his tongue to conceive, Nor his heart to report what my dream was. I will get Peter Quince to write a ballad of this dream. And it shall be called Bottom's Dream because it hath no bottom, and I will sing it at the latter end of a play before the duke. Peradventure, to make it the more gracious, I shall sing it at her death.
0: Exit, scene two, Athens, Quince's house. Enter Quince, Flute, Snout, and Starveling.
4: Have you sent to Bottom's house? Has he come home yet? He cannot be heard of. Out of doubt he is transported. If he come not, then the play is marred. It goes not forward, doth it?
9: It is not possible. You have not a man in all Athens able to discharge Pyramus, but he!
4: No, he hath simply the best wit of any any handicraft man in Athens.
9: Yes, yea, and the best person, too. And he is a very paramour for a sweet voice. You
7: must say paragon. A paramour is, God bless us, a thing of naught.
11: Masters, the Duke is coming from the temple, and there is two or three lords and ladies more married. If our sport had gone forward, we had all been made men. Oh, sweet bully Bottom, thus hath he lost sixpence a day during
4: his life. He could not escape sixpence a day, and the duke had not given him sixpence a day for playing Pyramus, I'll be hanged. He would have deserved it. Sixpence a day in Pyramus or nothing. Enter bottom.
9: Where are these lads? Where are these hearts? Bottom! Oh, most courageous day!
10: (sighs) Oh, most happy hour! Masters, I am to discourse wonders, but ask me not what, for if I tell you I am no true Athenian. I will tell you everything right as it fell out. Let us hear, sweet bottom. No, not a word of me. All I will tell you is that the Duke hath dined. Get your apparel together, good strings to your beards, new ribbons to your pumps, meet presently at the palace. Every man look over his court for the short and the long is our play is preferred. In any case, let this be have clean linen, and let him not that plays the lion power his nails, for they shall hang out for the lion's claws. And most dear actors, eat no onions, nor garlic, for we are to utter sweet breath. And I do not doubt but to hear them say, it is a sweet comedy. No more words. Away, go, away.
0: Exit. Act 5, Scene 1, Athens, the Palace of Theseus. Enter Theseus, Hippolyta, Illustrate, Lords, and Attendance.
2: It's strange, my Theseus, that these lovers
4: speak of.
1: More strange than true. I never may believe these antique fables, nor these fairy toys. Lovers and madmen have such seething brains, such shaping fantasies that apprehend more than cool reason ever comprehends. The lunatic, the lover, and the poet are of imagination all compact. One sees more devils than vast hell can hold. That is, the madman. The lover, all is frantic. Sees Helen's beauty in a brow of Egypt. The poet's eye, in fine frenzy rolling, doth glance from heaven to earth, from earth to heaven, and as imagination bodies forth the forms of things unknown, the poet's pen turns them to shapes and gives to airy nothing a local habitation and a name. Such tricks hath strong imagination, that if it would but apprehend some joy, it comprehends some bringer of that joy. Or in the night, imagining some fear, how easy is a bush supposed to bear
2: But all the story of the night told over, and all their minds transfigured so together, more witnesseth than fancies images, and grows to something of great constancy, but howsoever strange and admirable.
1: Here comes the lovers, full of joy and mirth.
2: Enter Lysander,
0: Demetrius, Hermia, and Helena.
1: Joy, gentle friends. Joy and fresh days of love accompany your hearts.
0: More than to us, wait in your royal
6: walks, your board, your bed.
1: Come now, what masks, what uh, dances shall we have to wear away this long age of three hours between our after-supper and bedtime? Where is our usual manager of mirth? What revels are in hand? Is there no play to ease the anguish of a torturing hour? Call Philostrate. Here,
7: mighty Theseus.
1: Say... What abridgment have you for this evening? What mask, what music? How shall we beguile the lazy time if not with some delight?
7: There is a brief of uh, how many sports are ripe. Uh, Make choice of which your highness will see first.
1: The battle with the centaurs to be sung by an Athenian eunuch to the harp. Well, none of that. That have I told my love and glory of my kinsman Hercules. Um the riot of the tipsy Bacchanals, tearing the Thracian singer in their rage. That is an old device, and it was played when I was from Thebes came last a conqueror. The thrice three muses mourning for the death of learning, late deceased in beggary. That is some satire, keen and critical, not sorting with a nuptial ceremony. A tedious brief scene of young Pyramus and his love Thisbe. A very tragical mirth. Married and tragical. Tedious and brief. That is hot ice and wondrous strange snow. How shall we find the concord of this discord?
7: A play there is, my lord, some ten words long, which is as brief as I have known a play. Uh, But by ten words, my lord, it is too long. Which makes it tedious, for in all the play there is not one word apt, One player fitted, and tragical, my noble lord, it is. For Pyramus therein doth kill himself, which, when I saw rehearsed, I must confess, made mine eyes water, but more merry tears the passion of loud laughter never shed.
1: What are they that do play it?
7: Hard-handed men that work in Athens here, which never labored in their minds till now, and have toiled their unbreathed memories with this same play against your nuptial.
1: And we will hear it.
7: No, oh, my noble lord. It is not for you. I have heard it over, and it is, it is nothing, nothing in the world, unless you can find sport in their intents, extremely stretched and conned with cruel pain to do you service.
1: I will hear that play, for never anything can be amiss when simpleness and duty tender it. Go, bring them in, and take your
2: places, ladies. Exit Philostrate. I love not to see wretchedness or charged and duty in a service of perishing.
1: Why, gentle sweet, you shall see no such thing.
2: He says they can do nothing in this kind.
1: The kinder we to give them thanks for nothing. Our sport shall be to take what they mistake, and what poor duty cannot do, noble respect, takes it in might, not merit. Where I've come, Great clerks have purposed to greet me with premeditated welcomes, where I have seen them shiver and look pale, make periods in the midst of sentences, throttle their practice accents, in their fears and in conclusion dumbly have broke off, not paying me a welcome. Trust me, sweet, out of this silence yet I'd pick a welcome. And in the modesty of fearful duty I've read as much as from the rattling tongue of saucy and audacious eloquence, love, therefore, and tongue-tied simplicity and least speak most to my capacity.
7: So please, your grace, uh, the prologue is addressed. Let him approach.
0: Flourish of trumpets, enter Quinn's for the prologue.
9: If we offend, it is with our good will that you should think we come not to offend, but with good will. To show our simple skill, that is the true beginning of our end. Consider then, we come, but in despite. We do not come as minding to contest you. Our true intent is, all for your delight, we are not here. That you should here repent you the actors are at hand, and by their show you shall know all you are like to know.
1: This fellow doth not stand upon points.
6: He hath rid his prologue like a rough colt. He knows not the stop. A good moral, my lord, it is not enough to speak, but to speak true.
2: Indeed, he hath played on his prologue like a child on a recorder. A sound, but not in government.
1: His speech was like a tangled chain. Nothing impaired, but all disordered. Who is next?
0: Enter Bottom as Pyramus, Flute as Thisbe, Starveling as Moonshine, Snout as Wall, and Snug as Lion.
9: Gentles, perhaps perchance you wonder at this show, but wonder on, till truth make all things plain. This man is Pyramus, if you would know. This beauteous lady Thisbe is certain. This man with lime and rough cast doth present wall, that vile wall which did these lovers sunder. And through walls chink, poor souls, they are content to whisper, at the which let no man wonder. This man with lanthorn. Dog and bush of thorn, presenteth moonshine. For if you will know by moonshine did these lovers think no scorn to meet at Ninnis' tomb, there, there to woo, this grisly beast, which lion hight by name, the trusty Thisbe, coming first by night, did scare away, or rather did affright, and as she fled her mantle, she did fall, which lion vile with bloody mouth did stain. Anon comes Pyramus, sweet youth and tall, and finds his trusty Thisbe's mantle slain. Whereat with blade, with bloody blameful blade, he bravely broached his boiling blood, Bloody breast and this be <laughs> burying in mulberry shade his dagger, drew and died. For all the rest, uh, let lion, moonshine, wall, and lovers twain at large discourse while here they do remain
0: in prologue, this be lion and moonshine.
1: I wonder if the lion be to speak. No wonder, my lord.
5: One lion may, when many asses do.
4: In this
11: same interlude, I, it doth befall that I, one snout by name, present a wall. And such a wall, as I would have you think, that had it in a A cranny hole, or a a chink, that through which the lovers, Pyramus and Thisbe, did whisper, often very secretly. This loam, this rough cast, this stone doth show that I am that same wall. The truth is so. And this, the cranny is right and sinister, through which the fearful lovers are to whisper.
1: (laughs) Would you desire lime and hair to speak better?
8: It is the wittiest partition that ever I heard discourse, my lord.
1: Enter Pyramus. Oh, Pyramus draws near the
10: wall. Silence! Oh, grim look night. Oh, night with you so black. Oh, night, whichever art when day is not. Oh, night, oh, night, alack, alack, alack. I fear my fist's promises forgotten. Thou, oh, wall, oh, sweet! Oh, lovely wall that stands between her father's ground and mine, thou wall, O oh, wall, O oh, sweet and lovely wall, show me thy chink to blink through with mine eye. Wall holds up his fingers. Thanks, courteous wall. Joe, shield thee well for this. But what's the eye? No thisby do I see, O oh, wicked wall through whom I see no bliss. Curse be thy stones for thus deceiving me.
1: The wall, being sensible, should curse again.
10: No, uh, in truth, sir, he should not. Um, Deceiving me is Thisbe's cue. She's to enter now, and I am to spy her through the wall. You shall see it, Well, Paul fall pat, as I uh, told you. Yonder, she comes.
4: Enter Thisbe. Oh, well, well, often hast thou heard my moans, for parting my fair Pyramus and me. My cherry lips have often kissed thy stones, thy stones with lime. And hair knit up in thee.
10: I see a voice. Now will I to the chink, to spy, And I can see my Thisbe's face. Thisbe!
4: My love thou art, my love I think.
10: Think what thou wilt, I am thy lover's grace, And like Lymander am I trusted still. And
4: I like Helen, till the fates me kill.
10: Not chapless the paucous was so true.
4: As shaftless to Procus, I to you.
10: Oh kiss me through the hole of this vile wall.
4: I kiss the walls whole, not your lips at all.
10: Wilt thou in any's tomb meet me straight away?
4: Tide life, tide death, I come without delay. Exist,
0: Hermes uh-huh. and Thisbe.
4: Thus have I, wall, my part discharged so, and being
2: done...
0: Thus,
1: wall away, dost go? Exit. Now, how is the mural down between the two neighbors? No remedy, my lord, when walls
5: are so willful to hear without warning.
11: <laughs> this is the
2: silliest stuff that I that ever I heard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the best in this kind are but shadows, and the worst are no worst if imagination amend them.
2: It must be your imagination, then, and not theirs.
1: If we imagine no worse of them than they of some, some, themselves, they may pass for excellent men. Oh, here come two noble beasts in, a man and a lion.
0: Enter lion and moonshine.
11: You, ladies, you, whose gentle heart we <laughs> fear the <laughs> monstrous <laughs> that on floor may now perchance both quake and tremble here. When lion rough in wildest rage doth roar, then know that I, one snug the joiner, am a lion fell, nor else no lion's dam. For if I should as lion come in strife into this place, twere pity on my life.
1: A very gentle beast of a good conscience. The very best at a beast, my lord, that ever I saw.
6: This lion is a very fox for his valor.
1: True, and a goose for his discretion. (laughs) Not so, my lord, for his valor cannot carry his discretion, and the fox carries the goose. His discretion, I am sure, cannot carry his valor, for the goose carries not the fox. It is well. Leave it to his discretion, and let us listen to the moon.
4: This lanthorn doth the horned moon present.
1: He should have worn the horns on his head. Huh? Huh? He is no crescent, and his horns are invisible within the circumference.
4: This lanthorn doth the horned moon present. Myself, the man, I, the moon, do seem to be.
1: This is the greatest error of all. Of all the rest, the man should be put into the lanthorn. How is it else, the man and the moon? Uh-huh.
5: He dares not come there for the candle, for you see, it is
2: already in snuff. Oh, I am weary of this, Moon.
11: Woody would change!
1: It appears by his small light of discretion that he is in the wane, but yet in courtesy and all reason we must stay the time.
4: Proceed, Moon. All that I have to say is to tell you that the Lanthorn is the Moon. I, the man in the moon, this the thornbush, my thornbush,
8: and this dog, my dog.
5: Hmm. Why? All these should be in the lanthorn, for all these are in the moon. But silence. Here comes Thisbe.
0: Enter Thisby.
8: This is Old Minnie's tune. Where is my love? <laughs>
5: Well, Lord Lion. Well, run, Thisbe.
0: Well, Shawn Moon! Truly, the moon shines with a good grace. The lion shakes Thisbe's mantle and exits. Well, mouse lion. And so
1: the lion vanished. And then came
5: Pyramus, the lion, the tiger king.
0: Enter (laughs) Pyramus.
10: Sweet moon. I thank thee for thy sunny beams. I thank thee, moon, for shining now so bright, for by thy gracious golden glittering gleams I trust to take of truest this beside. <laughs> but stay, O spite, but mark for a night. What dreadful dole is here? As do you see? How can it be? Oh, dainty duck, O oh dear, thou mantle good, What stained with broad approach? He furies fell. Oh, fates, come, come, cut thread
1: and thrum, Crush, crush, conclude and quell. This passion and the death of a dear friend Would go near to make a man look sad.
2: True my heart, but I pity the man. Oh, wherefore
10: nature did thou lions frame? Since lion vile hath here deflowered my dear, Which is, no, no, which was the fairest dame that lived, that loved, that lacked, that looked with cheer. Comes tears confound, outsoared, and wound, wound, the power of Pyramus, I, that left path, where the heart doth hop. Now I am dead, now I die, thus, thus. Thus, now I am dead, (laughs) now I am fled, (laughs) my soul is in the sky, tongue,
8: lose thy light, moon, take thy flight, now die. die, die, die,
10: die.
5: Dies. No, die, but an ace for him,
1: for he is but one.
6: Less than an ace, ma'am, for he is dead,
2: he is nothing.
1: With the help of the surgeon, he might yet recover and prove an ass.
2: How chance Moonshine is gone before Thisbe comes back and finds her lover?
1: She will find him by starlight. Oh, here she comes, and her passion ends the play.
2: Re-enter Thisbe. He thinks she should not use a long one for such a pyramid. I hope she will be brave.
5: A moat will turn the balance. Which pyramid, which thisby is the better? He for a man, God warrant us. She for a woman, God bless us.
6: She hath spied him already with those sweet eyes. And thus she means
5: vitilicit. See.
4: My love? What? Dead? My dove? Oh, Pyramus, arise! Speak, speak! Quite dumb? Dead? Dead? A tongue must cover thy sweet eyes. These, my lips, this cherry nose, these yellow cowslip cheeks are gone. Are gone. Lovers, make <laughs> moan! His eyes were green as leeks. Oh, sisters three, come, come to me with hands as pale as milk. Lay them in gore, since you have shore with
7: shears. Is the red of silk? Tom, not a word.
4: Come, trusty sword, Come, blade, my breast improve. Ah.
8: <coughs> <laughs> Farewell, friends. Trust is the end's. Adieu!
1: Adieu! Adieu! Science. Moonshine and Lion are left to bury the dead. Aye, and Wall, too. Uh,
10: No, uh, I assure you the Wall is down, that parted their father's. Will it please you to see the epilogue, or to hear a burgomas dance between two of our company?
1: No, epilogue, I pray you, for your play needs no excuse. Never excuse. For when the players are all dead, there needs none to be blamed. Mary, if he that rid it had played Pyramus and hanged himself in Thisbe's garter, it would have been a fine tragedy. And so it is truly, and very notably discharged. But come, your burgomasque, let your epilogue alone.
0: A dance?
1: The iron tongue of midnight hath told twelve. Lovers to bed, tis almost fairy time. I fear we shall outsleep the coming morn. As much as we this night have overwatched, this palpable gross play hath well beguiled the heavy gate of night. Sweet friends to bed. A fortnight hold we this solemnity in nightly revels and new jollity.
0: Exent, enter
2: Puck. Now the hungry lion roars,
4: and the wolf behowls the moon. Ploughman snores, all with weary task foredone. Now the wasted brands do glow, whilst the screech owl, screeching loud puts the wretch that lies in woe in remembrance of a shroud. Now it is the time of night that all the graves, all gaping wide, every one lets forth his sprite in the churchway paths to glide. And we fairies that do run by the triple Hecate's team, from the presence of the sun, following darkness like a dream, now our frolic. Not a mouse shall disturb this hallowed house.
8: I am sent with broom before to sweep the dust behind the door.
0: Enter Oberon and Titania with their train.
13: Through the house give gathering light. By the dead and drowsy fire, Every elf and fairy sprite hop as light as bird from briar, and this ditty after me sing and dance it trippingly.
12: First rehearse your song by rote. To each word a warbling note. Hand in hand with fairy grace, will we sing and bless this place. Song and dance.
13: Now, until the break of day, through this house each fairy stray, To the best bride bed will we, which by us shall blessed be. And the issue there create every ever shall be fortunate. So shall all the couples three, ever true in loving be, and the blots of nature's hand shall not in their issue stand. Never mole, hair, lip, nor scar, nor mark prodigious such as are despised in nativity, shall upon their children be with this field due consecrate. Every fairy take his gate and each several chamber bless through this palace with sweet peace and the owner of it of it bless ever shall in safety rest. Trip away, make no stay. Meet me all by break of day.
0: Exit Oberon, Titania, and Train.
4: If we shadows have offended, think but this, and all is mended, that you have but. Slumbered here while these visions did appear, and this weak and idle theme, no more yielding but a dream. Gentles, do not reprehend. If you pardon, we shall mend. And as I am an honest puck, if we have unordered luck, now to scape the serpent's tongue, we will make amends ere long. Else the Puck, a liar
2: call. So, good night until you all. Give me your hands if we be friends. And Robin shall
8: restore a